Welcome to the Outdoors is My Therapy podcast, your resource that informs, inspires and empowers you to up-level your health and happiness by connecting you with the outdoors. I'm your host, Catherine Walton, founder of the Outdoors is My Therapy movement. I'm also a family-focused outdoors adventurer, a business owner and a mental health social worker. In this podcast, I share knowledge, strategies, tips and tricks to help you get outside into nature, strengthen your health and grow your sense of happiness and well-being. This is episode eight of the Outdoors Is My Therapy podcast. Today's episode is all about how you can improve your sleep by spending time outdoors. A lot of people don't realise that you can improve your sleep by spending time outdoors, so I'm going to break the research down into practical, bite-sized pieces of information so that you can take the steps that you need to get a better night's sleep. Sleep is closely linked to mental health and physical health, but nearly half of all adults report that they don't get enough sleep. Sleep is a quite a complex business, so I'm not going to delve into all the nitty-gritty about sleep today, but the important thing to know is that there are many factors that affect sleep quality and sleep quantity, how long you sleep. This means that the research about sleep can be pretty tricky. For one thing, it's quite difficult to separate out all the different factors that affect sleep and identify exactly what causes what for different people in different situations. One of the factors that we know impacts sleep is spending time outdoors, which is an all-natural treatment that you can use to sleep better and to feel better. The first issue to look at is all about stress. Now, day-to-day stresses can affect your sleep, so it's really important to develop effective stress management strategies. And this is not only to deal with your stresses when you're lying awake in bed at night, but more importantly, for managing your stresses right throughout the day so that you don't even carry them to bed with you. There are many ways that you can use nature or the outdoors to help with stress management. So let's have a look at this. The fractals of nature can be soothing. Fractals are the patterns that you see and that you hear that are repeated in nature, such as tree branches, ripples on a pond, the shape of snowflakes and the way they fall, ocean waves, patterns on tree bark and on animal skin as well, and the sounds like the sound of running water or the sound of a waterfall. Meditation and mindfulness practice are also known to be very useful for managing stress, among many other things, and the outdoors is a great place to practice them. You can use your senses to bring yourself into the present moment and focus on what do I see, what do I hear, what do I taste, what do I smell, and what can I feel or touch. Meditation and mindfulness practices can also help you to refocus your attention and let go of stresses that you're carrying around with you. Physical activity and exercise are great ways to manage stress. Moving your body triggers changes in your biochemistry so that you feel better and you manage your stresses better. 
When you get out into the outdoors, you're more likely to be active than when you stay inside. And the point here is to be really intentional about giving yourself outdoors time every day and to be as active as possible. If you can't get outside, for whatever reason, to help with your stresses, find some ways to bring nature into you, ways that bring you joy and a sense of calm. For example, you could try simply opening up a window or you could grow some indoor pot plants or some flowers or have a display of seashells. And even hanging up a landscape painting or a photo of a natural setting is known to help reduce stress. Your imagination is another tool for managing stress because you can use it to connect you with nature even if you're not outside. So if you're having difficulty sleeping or you simply want to relax, you can visualise yourself Picture yourself in a natural setting and invite all your senses to help out so that you truly feel as if you're in a tranquil location, surrounded by the sights and the sounds and the smells that help you to de-stress and relax. For myself, I like to visualise lying on the sand at the beach and letting my stresses drain away into the sand as the sun warms my skin and I can hear the waves gently lapping at the shore and the she-oaks are waving their branches in the breeze. I want to talk a little bit more about physical activity and exercise because it's important not just for stress management, but also because it helps you sleep in other ways. When you spend time outdoors, you're more likely to be physically active and your body was designed to move. It was designed to be active. So it's important that you move a lot through the day. We know that activity and exercise tires you out. So when you're moving more, you're also more likely to get a better sleep in general. Medical conditions and pain are often raised as a bit of a problem when it comes to getting physically active. And these conditions are also to blame for disrupting sleep. So my advice here is to focus on what you can do rather than what you can't, and seek advice from your health professional, from your doctor, about the best and the safest ways for you to be active. But very generally, something is better than nothing for most people. According to the research, moderate to vigorous physical activity is the best intensity of exercise to help with sleep. When you're engaged or you're doing moderate intensity activity, that's when you'll feel your heart rate and your breathing rate increases and you'll feel like you're working fairly hard, but you can still have a conversation with someone. But if you step it up a notch to have vigorous intensity activity, that's when you won't be able to carry on that conversation any longer. Measuring intensity is all about your personal experience, so make sure you don't compare what you're doing to what somebody else does. 
Australia has a set of guidelines called the Physical Activity and Sedentary Behaviour Guidelines, and these are a really useful guide to improving your general health and well-being, which includes your sleep. And some other countries have similar guides that have been developed from the recommendations that the World Health Organization put out quite a few years ago now, and that includes the USA, Canada and the UK. These guidelines have a lot of similarities, but the Australian guidelines state that doing any physical activity is better than doing none. So if you're currently doing no physical activity, start by doing something and gradually build up to the recommended amount. And be active on most days of the week, if at all possible. So the recommended amount of exercise is based on a whole week. So over a period of a week, the recommendation is to do between two and a half and five hours of moderate intensity physical activity. Or if you're going for vigorous intensity physical activity, remember that's the intensity where you have difficulty maintaining a conversation, you only need between about one and a quarter to two and a half hours of that vigorous intensity exercise or physical activity. Most of us will probably have a combination of moderate and vigorous physical activity each week. The guidelines also say to do muscle strengthening activities on at least two days each week. Just a word of caution here that exercise in the afternoon can disrupt your sleep for some people, especially if it's vigorous physical activity or exercise. So for most people, the recommendation is to exercise in the morning, if at all possible, and preferably outdoors in the morning light, which I'm going to talk about in just a moment. But basically, the research shows that time spent outdoors at any time of the day can probably help with sleep, but afternoon exercise is possibly best kept at a gentle level rather than at a very vigorous level. Okay, so now let's talk about how you can use exposure to light. To improve your sleep. Here the recommendation is to get outside first thing in the morning. The blue light that's dominant in the morning wakes you up. It wakes your brain up and wakes your body up and it triggers your body's production of a sleep hormone called melatonin. Melatonin is released after dark and causes you to feel sleepy then. So remember to follow the health guidelines as well for protecting your skin from damage by the sun if you are going outside into the light. Every morning when you go outdoors into the sunlight, you reset your body clock. And this is why it's so important to avoid blue light after dark. It can upset your body clock. So put those devices away which we know emit blue light And remember to mute them or turn the sound down and go and do some other activities instead in the late evening. Think about the sorts of activities that our previous generations might have done in the evening, such as playing music or listening to music, reading, maybe playing board games or card games, even going to bed earlier. 
Having a consistent daily routine also sets you up for a better night's sleep. And the research here suggests that people who have a consistent daily routine that includes exercise, time spent outdoors, regular meal times and relaxing activities in the evening are more likely to sleep better. So does your daily routine consistently include all of those things? And if not, how can you rearrange your day so that it does? But I hear you say, what if you have children or a baby? Disruptions to sleep are inevitable when you have children or you're caring for someone else who's not well. It's a 24-hour-a-day job and it doesn't go on forever, although it might feel like it at the time. The general recommendation with this one is to sneak sleep in when you can and where you can and to get support or practical help with your responsibilities. If you don't have a tribe or a village around you, create one for yourself and your family rather than striving for independence. So ask for help. A healthy daily routine is vital for everyone, no matter their age. So you can model this for your family, for your children, and set healthy boundaries and routines for everyone that includes outdoors time, physical activity, getting out there in the natural light, regular meal times and regular bedtimes. There's another way that the outdoors can help you to improve your sleep. You can bring nature into your bedroom to create a safe and comfortable sleeping space and that will help to improve your sleep as well. Now, there have been studies on people who go camping that show that many campers sleep better and they sleep longer. They also tend to go to bed with the sun and wake up with the sun, just as our ancestors did. Now, there are probably many different factors that contribute to this, so I'm not suggesting you move out into a tent in order to improve your sleep, but it is worth exploring how you might be able to tweak your sleeping environment, your evening routine, your behaviours and your habits to replicate what happens in a camping situation. So you could try any or all of the following ideas. Dim your house lights after dark and minimise exposure to blue light. You could mute those devices and put them in another room. If you have bright street lights or car lights shining through your bedroom window, think about what window coverings you could use to block them coming into your room. You could perhaps change the arrangement of the furniture in your room to lessen the problem. Or maybe you could grow some plants or install an external window shade or a shutter that blocks the light. Many people like to keep a light on during their sleeping hours because that helps them with a sense of comfort and safety, especially when getting up to the bathroom. So if you're using a light on in the house like that, try using a light that has a soft, warm glow rather than a bright light. And there are many night lights on the market like that. Air temperature and airflow, or the lack of it, can also disrupt your sleep. 
your body needs to drop in temperature to have a good sleep. So unless you live in the tropics, the temperature normally drops at night time. So be careful that you don't rug up too much or have the heaters turned up too high at night time because that can disrupt your sleep. Likewise, if it's a hot night, you might need to find ways to cool down, such as leaving the windows and the internal doors open in your home to allow for airflow or using fans. Now, gazing out at the night sky from the comfort of your bed can be really relaxing for some people, but not for others. So adjust your window coverings and rearrange your furnishings to suit your needs. Waking up with the sunrise and going to bed just after sunset can be a wonderful way to start and end your day. Now, of course, this is going to be different at different times of the year and in different parts of the globe, and it isn't always practical, but it's definitely a habit worth considering. Now, what about the sounds you hear when you go to bed? Many people eventually get used to the sounds in their neighbourhoods, including cars and trains and sirens, but it can also take a while to get used to the sounds of nature at night if you're not familiar with them. What nature sounds do you find soothing and which do you find unsettling? And how can you intentionally bring some soothing sounds into your sleeping environment or your bedroom? Maybe playing music that incorporates the sounds of nature? Or you could download a Nature Sounds app. Aromatherapy can be used to improve your sleep too. So think about what aromas or smells you find soothing in nature and how you can safely bring them into your sleeping space. For example, you could have some fresh or dried lavender in your room if you like that scent and if you find that calming and relaxing. Or you could use essential oils or incense. But please, for safety reasons, don't keep anything burning or heating when you go to bed and follow recommended instructions carefully. And what do you do if you need some more help to improve your sleep, if you've tried these strategies and you're still having some trouble with your sleep? I'd love it if you could have a chat with your doctor or a health professional who can help you to explore what it is that you need to do in your particular situation. In this podcast episode today, we've talked very generally about how to improve your sleep using the outdoors, but it doesn't take into consideration your very specific circumstances. There are some medical and psychological conditions such as sleep apnea, there are certain chronic diseases and stress disorders, for example, that may need more specialised interventions to help you get a super sleep at night. So it's over to you now to take some action. What is it that you can do? What's in your control right now that you can begin to experiment with? to improve your sleep. How can you use the outdoors to get a better sleep? Today we've talked about managing your stress levels each day by getting outside or connecting with nature in some way. We've talked about 
having some outside time every day so that you're more active and be very intentional about getting out and being active and doing some exercise. Spending some time outside first thing in the morning gives you a dose of natural light, that blue light that resets your body clock and helps you to feel sleepy later on in the evening. Creating a consistent daily routine that includes getting up and going to bed closer to sunrise and sunset if you can, avoiding blue light in the evening and doing some relaxing activities instead of scrolling through your device and get plenty of movement and exercise through the day. It's important to model a healthy routine for your children as well as for yourself and set boundaries around your activities. And lastly, we talked about how you can bring some soothing aspects of nature into your sleeping environment by checking in with each of your senses. What is it that I can see, hear, touch and smell that's calming and that is associated with rest and sleep? Whatever you do, don't give up too quickly. Stick at it because it can take a while to see the results. We know that even when you try implementing a new healthy habit, it can take a few weeks or months for it to really kick in. If you need any reminders of these ideas that we've looked at today, check the link in the show notes to the blog post and the free printable that you can download and print. I'll also include a link to the Physical Activity and Sedentary Behaviour Guidelines. It's been an exciting few weeks as I record this podcast episode because our numbers of listeners and downloads continues to grow and grow each day. And I want to thank you for supporting us. I've got so many fabulous topics planned for the podcast, including some upcoming interviews and conversations and stories about outdoor adventures, which I'm really excited to bring you. But I'd also love to know if you have a topic about the outdoors that you'd love to hear more about. You can let me know via social media or email. So those links will be in the show notes as well. We'll talk to you next time.